It's pretty cool. But uh, look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. Come on. Get, get you, and by the way, get you a Bible. I know you got it on your phone. But how many know your grandkids are not going to get away? You know, you, and, your, and your great-grandkids gather in your, in your bedroom and, and go on in your study. And they're not going to, after you go to heaven, looking through your stuff and saying, Oh, there's Grandpa's iPad. <laughs> Get you a Bible that you can mark up and you can live in. Amen? How I many know when you're, when you're reading your Bible, it doesn't ding and do all kinds of weird stuff to you? Like, you, like, like get you a Bible, man. Did you find Ephesians 1 yet? I'm just was talking. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, I thought I had it marked. You don't have to be smart to do this. Verse 15, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and in your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. Now, folks, I prayed a lot of really cool prayers in my time, but I've never made a prayer. I never prayed a prayer that made the Bible. This is a prayer that Paul prayed, and we have it found right here in the Word of God. How I many know when you pray the will, when you pray the Word of God, you're praying the will of God. And so if you want to know how to pray, this is a great way to pray. Ephesians chapter one and Ephesians chapter three both have some really cool prayers in them. But watch this now. Verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in heavenly places. And where is heavenly places? I'm glad you asked. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the ages is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things. He became head over all things and then gave that headship to the church. Who's his church? Which is his body. Watch this. The fullness, the fullness of him who fills all and in all. I believe I'm in a New Testament church today. I believe I'm, I'm, it's pastored by a New Testament pastor. And that means that we can come together and pray this prayer. God, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of who you are. Let my eyes be open that I can see who you are. Father, folks, what the loneliest place you'll ever be is when you go on a great journey to hitchhike across America to find yourself. <laughs> Because once you find yourself, you're stuck with you. <laughs> you don't need to find yourself. You need to find him. And when you find him, you realize I'm in him and he's in me. Hallelujah. In him we live. In him we move. And in him we have our being. And so I'm praying this prayer along with you today. God, open up the eyes of Spirit Life Church understanding. Father, let us see you like we've never seen you before. Father, let us know what is the hope. Hope is earnest expectation. It's up on your tippy toes with your mouth wide open, expecting something from God. Father, give us, let us know the hope of our calling. 
the expectation of our calling. And let us know, God, that we are walking in the fullness of him who fills all and in all. I'm going to teach you today. The title of my message today is how to get free and how to stay free. How to get free and how to stay free. Now, notice all, all the prayers that Paul prayed. He never one time deals with the devil unless he talks about we're over him and he's underneath our feet. I mean, even Paul, he spent, I forget, forgive me for, I should know this, but I think he spent three years in Ephesus, or several years there in Ephesus. And Ephesus is where the great goddess Diana was, and they had a huge temple there. But you know what? Paul never one time. He never one time dealt with binding up Diana. They never had one time had a Jericho march. Some of you old-time Pentecost know what a Jericho march is. They never had a Jericho march around Diana. They never did spend time binding Diana and loosening Diana and doing all that stuff. You know what he did? He said, listen, get your eyes off Diana and get your eyes on Jesus. Because once you get your eyes on Jesus, you realize that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It's Paul that gave us the revelation that we are joint heirs with with Christ. My wife and I have a joint checking account. She can pick a pin number and she has access to everything that I have. Amen. <laughs> I, can, I got everything, access to everything she has. It's a, joint, it's a joint relationship. Ladies and gentlemen, we are joint heirs with Christ. Everything Jesus has coming to him, I've got coming to me. I'm not just a little bit like Jesus. I am just like him. I am bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. When I became born again, my spirit and God's spirit became one with the Father. And now I become sons and daughters of the Most High God. I'm seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, I, I don't know about you. We've got enough church people here. Have you ever went out after church to a restaurant? So you go, yeah, you get that full gospel feeling, glory to God. But you go in there and say, you know what? There are 17 of us. Could you put all the tables together? You're, you're, and so the waitress, you know, she rolls her eyes and she pulls all the tables together, moves all that stuff around there. Why? So we can eat together as a church family. But how many know the person sitting on this end of the table has no conversation with the person down at that end of the table? But we got all of our tables together, so we're eating all together. And I kind of had that picture in my mind of what it was to be a joint heir with Christ, that I'm sitting with him, and then and God, Jesus at the right hand of the Father, and somewhere way down the road there I'm in. But folks, I am in him, and he is in me. Hallelujah. I'm sitting up on Jesus' lap because I'm a joint heir with Christ. Are you listening to me? In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. He prayed another prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. And, and the, 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 on the praise and worship team quoted it. Well, that was powerful. She, she said these words. God let them know the height and the depth and the breadth of the love of God. God loves you. Do you understand me right now? He loves you. He cares about you. He's not mad at you this morning. Everything that you've ever done to deserve the wrath of God, he took it out on Jesus 2,000 years ago at the cross so he'd never have to take it out on you. He paid the price for your sin and he made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Every, he took all of my sins and cast them as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against me any longer because I'm purchased by his blood. So point number one, how do you get free? 
You ready? I might want to write this down. You are free. You're free. Stop trying to become what you already are. You are free. The moment you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you were born again. You became a new species of being that never before existed. And you became one with God. Are you listening to me, folks? You are free. Glory to God. The power of God, the resurrection. He has already, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, He has already blessed you with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. He chastised when I need to obtain peace upon him. And with his stripes, I am healed. My needs are met and I'm out of debt. And I got plenty more to put in store because my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hello? I said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, I won't get on you, I'll get on me. Every area of my life where I still want, the shepherd didn't lead me there. He leads me beside still waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. And then what's that? Then what happens is, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of, there you go. Let me tell you something. Jesus has redeemed us from death. Amen. Okay? I, if you're a Christian, you've done all the dying you're ever going to do. Amen. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I don't know what it looked like here. You might be in the hospital room struggling, but all of a sudden when you finally let go of this life and step into that one, it is stunning. Okay. How did you get in the valley of the shadow of death? By not letting the shepherd lead me. And I catch myself and want. I catch myself out of the will of God. I catch myself not living in the fullness that everything God wants me to have. But you know what you can do? You can be like Peter when Peter was walking on the water and he got his eyes off Jesus. And he cried out, Lord, help me. And Jesus was right there, reached up and picked him up. And Peter and Jesus walked back into the boat. You know what I found out? I have found myself walking through the valley of the shadow of death. What seemed like a million miles away from the will of God. But in the middle of that valley, I began to cry out to the shepherd one more time. And the shepherd is right there, and he finds me, and he takes me. He said, you see, what we want to do as Americans, we want God to take us out of the valley and put us right back over here. But how I many you know we walked into that valley, and we're going to have to walk out? Sometimes there's some consequences for some things that you sow in the flesh. But you know what? I'm, I'm following the shepherd. I may have messed up. I may have found my place in a real, I may be in a really bad place, but you know what? Now I've got my eyes back on the shepherd, and he's going to, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
It looks like it's so bad. How can it get any worse than this? How could how I have messed up so bad? I don't know who you are, who made your bed. All you've got to do is cry out to the shepherd one more time because you are free. You're not trying to talk God into loving you. You're not trying to talk God into giving back, getting, get, uh, getting, get, getting back with him. He is here today saying, listen, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. And that shepherd will walk you out of that valley of the shadow of death. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies and my cup is running over. I got a running over cup today and I'm eating in front of my enemies and I'm looking over him going na 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 boo boo. I'm with Jesus, not with you. Hallelujah. I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Are you listening to me? So step number one, how do you get free? You are free. Hallelujah. How do you stay free? Let me tell you something. Look at Psalms 19. Hallelujah. Psalms chapter 19. Verse 14. This is the Lee University or Lee College benediction. At least it used to be. I don't know what they do now. Psalms 19, 14. Did you find it? It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. How do you get free? You are free. How do you stay free? You let the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be acceptable in his sight. And he'll be strength and redeemer in every area of your life where the words of your mouth and the meditations of your, high, of your heart are acceptable in his sight. And the only thing that's acceptable in God's sight is this book right here. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. But here's the great thing. He gave us his thoughts and he gave us his ways. And I'm on a mission. I'm 58 years old. They never, they never introduced me as the fiery young evangelist any longer. I haven't had that one in a long, long time. But here's what I've, I've learned some things. This is not my first rodeo. You may know what I'm talking about. I've learned some things. The only thing that's acceptable in this site is this book right here. And I'm on a mission to exchange my thoughts for his thoughts. And I don't care how far back he's got to take you. The answer is in hungering for the fire of God and changing the way you think. Changing the way you walk. Changing the way you talk. There's people in this room when you were little. Someone came and took something from you they had no right to take. They touched you in a way they had no right to touch you. They, 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 and, and what happened was the enemy did it to you because you were so young. Because that's when, he, when God is, you're, when you're eight years old, your wiring isn't all done yet. You're still figuring out who you are and what your identity is. The devil's always after your identity. And so because of that, some, sometimes we go through stuff as a child. When your dad left, when your mom left, Amen. when the death took place, when this happened. 
And it changes the very building blocks of our life. And so now we've built our life on faulty material. Because somebody told us that we were this, and somebody told us that we were that, and somebody told us that. Grandma, grandma taught it, and we bought it, and we just bought into it, and, and we've been told all that all of our life. But you know what happens when you become a creature? You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. You become born again. But guess what? The, the building blocks in your brain need to be rewired. And God will block by block and thought by thought begin to tell around every lie of the enemy and begin to rebuild you. So you begin to get what happened to you on the inside begins to come out on the outside. And it's no longer through the broken filter of what people said and what people did. You are free. How do you get free? You let the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be acceptable to his sight. And he will be your strength and your redeemer in every area of your life. Or he's not being strengthened, redeemer. I promise you, it's an area of your life where the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart are not lining up with this book right here. But all you got to do is spend time in this book and spend time on your face before the throne of God, and he will rewire you, he will remake you, and you'll look back on your life and say, Only God could have brought me from there to here. He loves you, he cares about you, and today is your victory day, today is your overcoming day. Today is a day where all things that were made new when you were born again begins to manifest on the outside of your life and you begin to enjoy the freedom in Christ like you've never known before. Hallelujah. Isn't he good? Isn't he wonderful? Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he good? All right, I'll do that, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Turn with divine appointments. You've been praying for divine appointments. You have one today. I brought this man of God by here to tell you this. You are free. And if you will line your thoughts up with my thoughts, I'll take you from glory to glory and from grace to grace and from strength to strength. And you'll look back and mark down this day. This is a day where it all began. And you won't even recognize your life in six months if you'll do these things that they've been told to you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That's what I said in other tongues, I think. Hallelujah. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24. See, um, I don't like some of the preaching that is real popular now. I get up, you know, you get up and you know, you got you to gotta have your Rod Parsley microphone. I, I like Rod Parsley. But you get your microphone and you're talking about your season's coming. Ah. You're coming into a new season. You're season this and you're season. You're going to the level of this and the level of that. And you're see, people built their entire ministries on telling people for the last 30 years, you're going into a new season. There's one season. And that's go you into all the world to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's one season. I'm in him and he's in me. Oh, you listen to me. The Bible says if you're planted by the rivers of living water, 
And according to Jeremiah chapter 17, you won't even see when bad times come. Your seasons won't matter because your, your, your life is not dependent on the season. Your life is dependent on the river that you're planted next to. So you don't have to wait for your season to come. Your due season is today. It's the moment you make a decision. I'm going to do what that book says, and I'm going to do what God says, and I'll go where he wants me to go, and I'll do what he wants me to do. Rob and Donna, that's why I love youth camp so much. I haven't got to preach one in a while. Because you know what youth camp altar services are? No matter what you preach on, the kids gather on that altar, and they surrender to God, and they say things like this over and over, God, I'll go where you want me to go. That's what I did. God, I'll do what you want me to do. Doesn't matter, God, I'm yours, I belong to you. And God, that's why God shows up so powerfully in those youth meetings, because he responds to that cry. That's what revival is, where you stop doing what you want to do and make up your mind, whatever he wants me to do, I will do it. Now, it's easier to say when you're 17, you don't have anything to lose. Are you listening to me? But can I promise you, if you caught yourself in a situation the Lord didn't lead you and you surrender your heart to God, when he brings you out of that valley, what he has in his hand beats what you're holding on to all to pieces. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Are you tired of hanging on to stuff in your life with all the sorrow and all the crud hooked to it? What God wants to give you has no sorrow, no regret in it. What I'm about to read to you, and I'll, I'll, I'll wrap, try to wrap it up with this. This, is from, this has become the theme of my ministry. God told me in the 1990s to go teach people how to get free and stay free. And what I'm about to read you will either set you free, but while it's setting you free, it'll make you very, very unpopular with a lot of people. But I've just kind of come to the place in my life, I just don't give a flying rip what people think about me anymore. Amen. I like cowboy movies. There's a cowboy movie that Tom Selleck's in. And they stop this train and doing all this stuff. And this guy starts talking to Tom Selleck. Doing that, and Tom Selleck comes back with a line. The best line of any cowboy movie I've ever seen. He looked at that man and says, you just don't know how much I don't care. <laughs> I'll rewind it and do it again. <laughs> rewind it and do it again. You just don't know how much I don't care. <laughs> well, I, I, I want to spend the remainder of the years I have on this planet pleasing him. I want him to say, well done. I want to finish strong. I want to finish well. I started great. I had a couple of sidetracks along the way. But I can tell you this, his mercy endures forever and ever. Verse 24 says, therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him into a wise man who built his house upon the rock. What's the rock? 
Well, he tells us later on in Matthew chapter 16. He said, Peter, flesh, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you, Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The rock is the revealed knowledge that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then he goes on to tell Peter, he said, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So watch this. Keep reading now. Therefore, I, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock of revealed knowledge that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock of revealed knowledge that Jesus is the Christ. But whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them. Notice, he's, this person knows. He's a professional hearer. He comes to church on Sunday morning and hears. He comes to Bible study and hears. But just because you're in the presence of hearing doesn't mean you've got to be a doer. You've got to be a doer of the Word. You've got to do what He tells you to do. You've got to put, let the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be acceptable in His sight. And then do what you see done. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, I will liken him to a foolish man who built his house on the sand. How many know man was made from the dust of the earth? Yeah. He built his life, he built his house on what he could figure out. He built his house on his education, on his plan, on his 401k. He put his trust in everything except hearing these sayings of his and doing them. And the winds blew and the floods came. The same flood, the same storm hit both of the houses, but one of them stood and one of them fell. Okay. And that's pretty good. We've all heard that story before. Let's keep reading. Verse 28. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teaching. King James says they were astonished at his doctrine. Why? Because he taught as one having authority and not as one of the scribes. Listen to me, young people. Young 20s and 30s and 40s. Listen to me. Listen to me. First any teenagers in the house, listen to me. Listen to me. If you got, you've been around for a long time and you, they don't call you young man or young lady either. The world doesn't like it when you stand up and say, my days of sickness and disease are over because with his stripes I'm healed. The world doesn't like it when you say, somehow, some way I have given and it will be given back to me, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give them a bosom. The world doesn't like it and say that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It doesn't matter what I've done in my past, but I, my, I'm right with God because of the blood of the Lamb. And if I will hear and do these sayings of his, look at me, my 
house will stand. How can you say that? Well, you just don't know. You don't know. You never know what God's going to do. You never know. I do know exactly what he's going to do because I let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. Folks, God is not a mystery to try to figure out. He's in that book. You just got to spend time in that book and you can know how. If you want to know what God thinks about marriage, it's in that book. If you want to know what he thinks about money, it's in that book. If you want to know what he thinks about church, it's in that book. Quit trying to figure it out on your own. The answer's laying there in your lap. And so here's what makes people comfortable. Look at me. I want you to look at, take a good look at me. My house will stand. I don't care if gas gets $10 a gallon, my house will stand. I don't care if milk gets $10 a gallon, my kids and my grandkids will always have milk because my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. I've been young and now I'm older and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. I have built my life on the rock of hearing and doing what God told me to do. And folks, in these end times, my house will stand. This church will stand. You listen to me? It may not always look like I'm winning, but on the inside there's victory on the enemy, but on the inside of me because I know that my God will make a way where there seemed to be no way. Hallelujah. The world doesn't like that. Well, you just never know. You know, sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down, you know. And I heard this all my flipping life. You know, sometimes you got to go through the valley to get to the mountaintop. The Bible says you can speak to the mountain and be thou removed and be thou cast and see and not dead in your heart. I'm not waiting for a new season. I'm waiting for the word of God to manifest in my life. Your life is not dependent on the whims of what the devil wants to do, what the world wants to do. Your life is built on the rock of Jesus Christ, and you hear, and you do. And when everything is done, your house will stand. Hallelujah. (laughs) I just don't feel comfortable with that. You just don't know. (laughs) You got to make up your mind. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. That salvation is not just getting out of hell. It's soteria. Salvation of your body, your soul, your spirit, your entire being. Folks, when you got born again, all of you got born again. And now we're renewing our mind to let what happened on the inside of us at the new birth begin to work its way on the outside of us. Hallelujah. And at the end of your life, your kids will say, and your grandkids will say, Paul and Mimi, they walked with God. Mom and dad, they walked with God. That's my call. I don't care whether you think I walk with God or not, but I got some people that are dear to me, and I want them to see what it looks like for a man to walk with God. So how do you get free? You are free. How do you stay free? You let the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be acceptable in his sight, and he'll be strength and redeemer. And whatever he tells you to do, just make up your mind, I'm going to do it. 
And then the last point is don't get drunk. I know that's not popular now. <laughs> but turn to 1 Peter. Sister Donna, could you come up here and flow in the Holy Ghost with me on your Nord, your red piano? <coughs> Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I like this place. Glory to God. 1 Peter chapter 5. Hebrews, James, Peter, Peter, John. First Peter chapter 5. <laughs> Verse 5 says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elders. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. You know what humility is? He's just saying, God, I can't do it in myself. It's up to you. I've proven what I can do. I give you my life today. Therefore, likewise, submit yourself to the, uh, verse 5, likewise, you younger, submit yourself to the elders. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility for, humility for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, and every time you see the word therefore, you got to look up and see what it's there for. Therefore, because God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So how do you humble yourself? By casting all your care upon him for he cares for you be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour remember the bible talked about in scripture we read that the man built his house upon the dust of the ground the sand the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, I believe it's verse 15, after Adam and Eve fell in the garden because they were tempted by that serpent, God told him, that serpent, you're going to crawl in the dust the rest of your life. And then he said, I believe it's Isaiah chapter 61, so in those last chapters of Isaiah, he says, and dust shall be the serpent's meat. How do you get free? You are free. How do you stay free? You let the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be acceptable in sight so he can be strengthened, redeemer in that area of your life. Build your house on whatever he tells you to do. You do it. And then don't get drunk. How do you get drunk? By taking all the care of this world. When the sower went out to sow the word, some fell upon, uh, the enemy came immediately and stole the word. The second one, the, the enemy came immediately and stole the word because they got offended and their heart was hardened and they had no root in themselves. So when persecution arose for the word's sake, and by the way, everything you're going through is about the word that's in you. Not you it ain't personal, it's about the word. The devil's out to steal the word. And the third, the third seed that fell in Mark chapter four was this. He said, and then some fell upon thorns. This is the most frustrating. This is where most people that show up on church on Sunday is. Why? You're here today, sir. 
You didn't let the devil steal the word. You're a Christian. You got on a blue shirt. You're a work. You work here, man. You serve here. Thank you. And you know what? How many people are not here because they got offended and they they, they're mad at God, mad at the church, or mad at you? You're probably mad at her. She looks like she's the moneriest person here. They're probably all mad at her. You know you did it. (laughs) She just don't know how much. She don't care. But most Christians that come to church on Sunday morning, they're sown among thorns and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. You know what the deceitfulness of riches is? It's the lie that says, all I need is more money. You know, if we just had more money, how you know, I've, I've, I thought that lie. Can I tell you something? You don't need more money. You, spend, you need to spend more time letting the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be acceptable in His sight. And whatever He tells you to do, do it. And He'll show you. Folks, you won't have to look for the money. The money will find you. You won't have to look for the open door. The open doors will find you. You won't have to look for a new season. You'll live in due season every day of your life. The Bible says the, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things. What's going to happen to you is, this is how you know when you get there. You're going to start watching the shows you used to watch and you're just going to like, it's just going to hold, it, all the interest is just going to leave because you're more excited about the life that you find here instead of the death that you're just putting in your brain all the time. So you don't have to preach against watching movies. You don't have to preach against watching all that stuff. You just preach. You just tell people how free they are, and that other stuff just loses its hold on you. It says, the cares of this world, the deceits of its riches, the lust of a thing, entering in, begins to choke the word. Now watch this. The first seed, the devil stole it. There's no plant. The second seed, it had no root in itself. It withered up and died. This seed, the bush is there. It's bushy. Lots of bushy Christians. But we're not producing fruit. I'm tired of looking like a Christian, acting like a Christian, sounding like a Christian, and not producing fruit. I'm ready for my family to be saved. I'm ready for my needs to be met. I'm ready to walk in the fullness of everything he has for me. I want to walk with him. I want to talk with him. How am I going to do? So I'm not going to let the cares of this world and the sequence of riches enter in. Folks, you're always going to have something you care about. You're always going to have, you're always going to need more something. You just can't let the care of it enter in. Why? It'll rob you of the ability to produce the fruit that this Bible was meant to produce in your life. He said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walketh around seeking whom he may devour. How do you humble yourself? Cast all your care over on him. I got my keys right here. Any guy who wears a shirt like that can surely, I don't have it. Uh, I don't, if I were to take my, if I were to take my car keys and throw them over to this guy that's really cool, he jacket on. He, he's got my car keys, but is it is his? But is it his car? No, but he has my keys. 
But if I asked for my keys back, he would give them to him because he's not a thief. He just looks like a used car salesman. He's not a thief. Just kidding. Got to keep the crowd alert, man. Keep... <laughs> I know you can. Bible says, humble yourself, therefore, in the mighty hand of God. I'm, if you give me 30 seconds, I'm almost done. And that was a lie. Maybe two seconds. Two minutes or so. Bible says, humble yourself in the mighty hand of God by taking all your care, all your care, and cast it over on Him. It's not God's care. It's your care. Matter of fact, because it's your care, if you ask for it back, God's not a thief. He's like, well, here you go. That's worked out really good so you, for you so far. You have in your care. If you want it back, here you go. Are you listening to me? So what do you do? You take all your care. See, I care about my children. I do. I got one that's, I'm about to become a grandpa for the first time in January. <laughs> I have another daughter that's serving God in a, in a Middle Eastern country right now as a missionary. I care about her. She's walking around, you know, just all kinds of stuff around her. How many know I can get into the care of it real quick? Yeah. It's my care. I said, all right, God, I give you the care of my daughters right now. I give you the care of my unborn baby right now, that unborn grandchild right now. I give you the care of my finances. And Father, I want to keep it there. Why? Because the only way you can become intoxicated is by taking the care and drinking until you're intoxicated. What are we going to do now? 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 You heard this song before too? What are we going to do now? What are you 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 going to do now? They give you the offering. You look at it. You know when they put it in an envelope, it's because they don't want you to look at it in front of them. You're driving down the road. You learn to drive with your knees so you can open up that envelope because you know what the bills are back home. And you look inside that envelope and you begin to count the money and you see way too many George Washingtons in that envelope. And you're driving at night because your tires are bald and you know it's, it's, it's safer at night. And the front wheel starts singing to you, what are you going to do now? 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 And then the front, right, the front tire goes, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? got a duet going, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? And then you got a trio, the, the back tire. He starts singing, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? Then the other tire goes, what are you going to do now? It's got a quartet thing happening there. You would have five, but you don't even have a spare anymore. You're so broke you can't pay attention. You know what you do? Driving down the road at 11 o'clock at night in the middle of nowhere, you roll down the window and you yell out the window, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to act like the Word of God so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tithe on this. I'm going to give on this. And my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory. And time after time after time after time after time after time, my God made a way where there seemed to be no way. Why does the devil try to make you drunk? Because the facts don't matter to a drunk man. Have you ever dealt with drunks before? 
I mean, back when you're working on your testimony. You ever been around a crying drunk? Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Oh, man, your family loves you. They care, but no, they don't. Ah. Here, give me your keys. Because I can't give you my keys. I'm in no condition to walk. <laughs> no, don't give me your keys. You try to reason with a drunk man. He just, the facts don't matter to him. And the devil knows that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He knows that no weapon formed against you can prosper. He knows that if you hear these things of him to do, you'll build your house on the rock and you won't be able to, he won't be able to come up against you. And so he makes you intoxicated with the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. So the facts don't matter. But there is a Holy Ghost detox going on in the anointing of God right now. And God is sobering some people up right now. And you're seeing like you've not seen in a long, long time. I know who I am. I know what belongs to me and I know what I want out of my life and I'm changing directions today. I'm going to put the word of God first place in my life. I'm going to pray like I've never prayed. I'm going to sing like I've never sang. I'm going to spend time in the throne like I've never done before and you won't even recognize me in six months. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Somebody say amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. If you're in this room right now, listen to me and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You don't even know why you came today, but you came here today and you say, Brother Tim, uh, somebody invited me to come and or I just, or for some reason I was drawn here today. I don't know why you're here, but let me tell you something. God loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life and not one of those plans include defeat. If you've never made him Lord of your life, let me tell you something. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. But the Bible says that whosoever, and I'm a whosoever, you're a whosoever, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You don't have to understand all the answers. All you got to do is know is that I've got a big question only God can answer. There is a hell. People really do go there. And once they go there, they never get to come back. And you don't have to go to hell today. There's an exit ramp in this room today. His name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no man comes unto the Father except by me. And if you don't know him, would you give me the honor of leading you to the God, the Father that I love? introducing you to this Jesus who loved you so much that he bled and died and rose again from the third day, sitting at the right hand of majesty on high, waiting for you to surrender your life to him. Or maybe you're here today and say, Brother Tim, I know the Lord. I used to walk with him, but I walked away from him. Maybe it was when you lost that job. Maybe it was when you lost that marriage. Maybe it was a death in the family. Something happened. You didn't mean to end up where you were, but slowly but surely you got your eyes off the things of God and you found yourself to where you are. You said, you know, I'm far away from him and I want to come home today. Can I tell you something? God's not mad at you today. Everybody in this room is going to walk the aisle. Please don't walk it the wrong way out in eternity. Today's your day. Welcome home to the family of God. I'm going to pray for all the church in just for a few moments. Right now, I'm going to take this moment. Either you don't know the Lord and you've never made him Lord of your life and you'd like to come to him today, 
or you knew him one time and you walked away from him and you're here today say Pastor Tim I'm coming home today if you're any of those two people with every head up every eye open no, everybody looking around why? because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ Jesus didn't carry the cross up Galgotha's hill in secret and I don't think you ought to come to him in secret if you're not ashamed of him he's not ashamed of you when I count to three if you don't know him or you used to know him you're ready to come home raise your hand right now one two three raise it up right now hallelujah god bless you i see that hand yes i see that hand right there god bless you sir hallelujah come on god bless you man god bless you come on clap your hands somebody hallelujah 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 is there anybody else hallelujah is there anybody on this side i didn't raise my hand but i want to right now do it right now in jesus name glory to god if there's anybody in this middle section you didn't raise your hand a few moments ago but you want to do so right now what do it i'm telling you even christians are going like whoa, whoa, whoa. there's an anointing here to raise your hand <laughs> i want to get born again again <laughs> Anybody in this section right here, you didn't raise your hand. You said, if he gives me one more chance, I'll, 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 I'm going to make things right with God. Is that you? Hallelujah. Here's what I want you to do. Those of you who raised your hand, because I know you were sincere, would you stand up with me, please? Come on, stand up. Hallelujah. Stand up. Everybody, you raised your hand. Come on down here. Give them a hand clap as they come. Let me pray with you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on down here. Come on down. You stand up. Come on down here. Let me pray with you. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. There's more than this. Come on. You raised your hand. Come on down here. Let me pray with you. Hallelujah. Come on. You made it. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. God bless you, sis. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. What's your name? Jay. What's your name? Sandy. Sandy. Okay, Father. Sister, pray this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I make you Lord of my life. I will serve you, Jesus, every day of my life. And when I mess up, and Lord, you know I will, (laughs) I'm not going to run away from you. I'm going to run to you. I receive you now. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. God bless you, brother. Hallelujah. Come on, man. Now lift your hands up. Let me pray for you. Father, baptize him in the Holy Ghost. Right now. In the Branda. Filled with the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus. Father, baptize her in the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. God bless you, sir. You can go back to y'all.